is the Meeting of Minds podcast with me, Philippa Robinson. So, today's episode. Today I'm talking to uh, the lovely Jackie Budd, and we're going to be talking um, creativity. Uh, although we are going to be talking um, all things outdoor pursuits as well, and um, how creativity sort of is involved in in that and um all things running our own business and stuff like that so um i'm pretty sure this is going to be a really great conversation with jackie i know jackie a little bit not um really well but you know the beauty i have found of working online and connecting with people online is that I can now have conversations with people and go really deep really quickly with people that you know are prepared to do that with me so I can just have really great connections with people that I've never met in real life and perhaps even haven't known that long but it just happens and it's just, I love it. I really love it. Jackie is one of those people who I don't know that well, but we have connected. Um, and um, I asked her to come on the podcast and she was a little bit reluctant. I think she'll admit that herself at the beginning, but she did come and do it. And, um, you know, it's going to be marvellous. So, um, yeah, over to Jackie. So, Jackie, hi. How are you today? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. Hello. Yeah. Oh, it's really, it's really great that you've, um, you've, you're here today. I was going to say you've come here, but of course you've not come anywhere. Have you? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're sitting in your office at home. Um, but um, I really, really appreciate you coming, spending some time with me today to record this episode. And um, we, uh, we're going to talk about creativity and how that shows up for you in your life maybe in your work, in your life away from work. You know, I, I'm really not quite sure what you're going to tell me. So um, I can't wait. So can you can you start by telling us either a little bit about yourself? Um, I'd love to, you know, tell us all where you live and make us feel jealous. Well, make me feel jealous anyway, because I live <laughs> in the middle of the city and I know you don't. Um, Definitely not, no. So, um, and um, can you tell me a little bit about creativity for you? I can, yeah. So... Um, I, I'll start off with where I live. I live yeah. in West Yorkshire at the moment. I grew up in the Yorkshire Dales and moved over the border into West Yorkshire. And I'm right on the edge of the Peak District. So um, really nice up on the moors. Um, and, and that's one of my favourite places to be. Yeah, I've seen some of the pictures you post on Instagram. They're just, and the view from your garden. And when you do your, like, your morning yoga out in your <laughs> In your in your garden and oh god I'm so jealous of the view it's just incredible it is wonderful and we've we've actually got um the, the lady who owns the house behind us that we overlook her garden and it's a huge garden that she looks after every single day so we actually borrow her garden which is even better brilliant <laughs> so actually everything we see is not necessarily your garden but you get to enjoy it and no we've got a tiny it. garden actually which is one of the things I'd like I'd, I'd love to have a bigger garden but no it, you don't get to see all of mine no no but you get to look at hers and she's the one that has to maintain it yeah definitely it's a winner yeah it is it's a winner it is. on busy weekends yeah definitely so <laughs> So yeah, I live I live in West Yorkshire and I work as a content marketing writer, um, which means basically that I help small businesses 
to connect with the customers and get found online by doing um, marketing content, basically writing search engine optimized blog posts and just sharing who they are. So, yeah. yeah. So that's obviously um, you write. Yes. I know you've written a book and things, and we're going to come on to that in a minute. But, you know, so you write and you now have brought that into your into your work. That's what you do now. Or have you always written for work as well? Um, not as a writer. And um, so I I used to work in the corporate world um, doing well, human resources and then business startup support. So definitely not writing, but actually within all of those jobs, I used to have to communicate. So um, in HR, I was communicating with employees in business startup support, I was doing marketing material, but I never thought of myself as a writer, um, even though I was doing things like that. And and actually I never thought of myself as creative. And I, and I can remember being gobsmacked one day when a colleague told me that I was creative and I'm like, what? Um, so yeah, I never ever considered myself as creative. And it was only, um, I started writing probably the first time I can actually remember doing it was when we went traveling for three months. It was probably nearly 20 years ago now, before the time of blogs. And I used to write long emails home what oh. to all my family members and friends and, and again it was just me sharing news I never thought anything of it but I've since found out that both my mother and my mother-in-law kept those emails um I've come across them I've been clearing out mum and dad's house lately and I came across a big folder with it all in um and my mother-in-law told me that she absolutely loved reading them and, and I should get them printed so um that was my first experience of it um and then I did nothing else with any of that until I did some NLP training and and coaching training and I decided to start a blog doing um just posts about life coaching type stuff I guess really and again people kept telling me how much they liked it so it was just something I wanted to do for me really more than anything else I wasn't trying to make a business out of it or anything until I got to a point where I wanted to leave my job and I left without anything else to go to and took a little bit of time out and then started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life and writing was one of the things that happened I, I did um to get to that point I did a an online course with a really great lady called Marianne Cantwell who had something called free range humans and it was all about breaking out of this cubicle way of living by of being employed in this soulless place which was how I'd started to feel I, I used to sit at a window at my desk and stare out at, at the hills and thinking I want to be there I want to be in the hills oh I recognize that feeling yeah <laughs> although I looked out onto a brick wall but yeah I totally get what you mean yeah so, so in doing that, I, I, I sort of went through that course and started coming up with different options of what to do. And one of them was potentially doing coaching training, but actually writing was another because of the blog that I'd been doing. And, and I took it to a, a business advisor who said, oh, I love your blogs. I really love them. Um, yeah, I'm sure you could make something of that. Um, didn't really know how to go about it or what to do. But then the, the other part of me that's a really really strong part of me is this outdoor this love of the outdoors which I'd had since probably my 
30s really um late 20s early 30s I really started to love being in the outdoors and, and that was part of this being in an office looking out going I want to be in the outdoors and I wanted my career in the outdoors and I wanted to bring everything that I loved together so I started thinking well I'm going to write for the outdoors then and I'm going to write for magazines and I'm going to um write guidebooks and do all these kind of really fun things where I'm in the outdoors all of the time um so that was what I started doing so you started so you'd left your job with nothing to go to you uh-huh. took your blog to see um a, a business advisor yeah. and from that you got the idea to blog or or write more about your passion for the outdoors it was more writing for magazines by that point yeah. Yeah. So I, I decided I, I I was an avid reader of the mag- of outdoor magazines and thought, well, I can do this. I'm doing all of these things. I can do this. Um, so I actually wanted to go and write for the magazines. Um, and I found an organization called the Outdoor Writers and Photographers Guild, which was brilliant. They were so good, actually. I joined the committee a few years later. Wow. Um, but it so happened that when I found them, they were running a course about the future of publishing and where it was going to go, whether magazines were going to die out and what was going to replace it. So I went on this course and then joined the Guild afterwards. Um, And it was actually quite negative news because magazines were dying out. I I was going to ask what was the outcome because I think I could guess, but I wasn't sure, yeah. Yeah, so so it was was a really strange thing. Here's me, I've never written anything for the outdoors at that point. Walked into this big room of people with all these big names of magazine writers that I'd seen, thinking, oh my God, I've read their articles for years. Wow. Um, And it was was this kind of felt this prestigious thing. Um, I was learning from them what to do but and they were all saying that the glory days when they could earn loads of money doing it had gone and and that you could still learn a little bit but maybe not there wasn't so much there and and it was getting less and less and less and and more people think thought that they could write for the outdoors so it was more competitive as well right so I was a bit kind of like I don't know what I'm going to do here I bet that was a bit disheartening actually having thinking all right okay this is going to be my way forward yeah it was a little bit disheartening but also um the good thing was that they were saying that online content was going to be more popular and and blogs and I thought well I've been writing a blog yeah I've got a blog (laughs) (laughs) so I I actually set up an outdoor blog from that um started writing my own outdoor blog and building a reputation doing that, I guess. Um, and again, that wasn't a money-earning thing. It was more promotional, just to prove what I could do and to have some kind of um, something to refer to, to show people how I could write. Yeah. Um, so I, I started doing that and then also was looking at how to get into the magazines. And we went away to a different area, to the Quantics, and I my husband was working and I spent the day walking and just exploring the area and I started creating some walks from that and then got published in a magazine doing that um which was really good I mean it was one of the the magazines I'd been reading and I was like oh my god I'm in a magazine there's my name it's my walk 
Yeah, I mean, it was it, yeah, it was crazy, but it was it, yeah, I felt really good doing that. Um, and then at a similar time, um, a local book publisher in in a village near me contacted me and said that he'd been wanting to get a walking guidebook in the area, and he knew what I was doing, and asked me if I would write it so that he could publish it. So I started doing that as well. So I, I basically mapped out. I think it was eight or 10 walks and went and walked them and wrote them up and he published the book. So amazing. So, so not only have you written these articles and your name is in this magazine, you know, you've got a book with your name on it. I have. Oh, have. amazing. What's it called? Um, well, it's, it's out of print now. So, oh. <laughs> well, you need to get it. It was, it is called Walking it's in different. the Upper Dern Valley. It is called that. Walking in the Walking in the Upper Dern Valley, which upper is Dern Valley. the area yeah. near me. Right. Um, and it's out of print because sadly the book publisher died. Um, oh. And so I've got the raw material, but I haven't decided whether to reprint or not. And actually, um, I think it's I think it was 2016 when I print when it got printed so if I was going to write it again and republish it would need to be researched and walked again really because things change in seven years um six seven years isn't since I did it yeah I've got a few um books of walks um mainly around Bristol but of the Mendips and the, the Cotswolds and places and um so I go with a, there's one particular friend that we go on quite a few walks and we're always getting lost. And and we we like to think it's because the walk hasn't been walked and re, re, you read on for a bit and something is... It's actually because you're talking. <laughs> Rather than it being because we're talking so much, we've missed the turn. And we often get to a place and go, ah, oh, I think that's where we went wrong back there and we should have been uh, whatever. But um, yeah, things do change, don't they? But, um, yeah. but that's amazing. What, many congratulations on a book because just... Just sticking with it and yeah. getting it to you, you know to finish it and getting it published is is an amazing feat. Yeah, I, and it was it was quite a labour of love in the end. Yeah, and I think anybody who writes the book says the same that actually in the end you just like I just want to get this done. Yes. So, well, you and it it. Yeah, and it felt wonderful when it was when it was published, um, and it sold out. I mean, in the end, when when the publisher died, there was. Um, a whole load of copies in the basement of his bookshop and I managed to get my hands on them and buy them from the estate and then I sold them to another bookshop shop um, in Home Firth near me and they just sold out when I did they, they took a handful of them and then they just kept getting in touch going we want everything you've got in the end because they're just selling out so much so there is a market for it so I perhaps should think about doing it again but well, you could you could. I could if I wanted to. No should, but you could if you, you wanted could. to, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. And and there's another book that has my name in it, so it's not, um, it, it's not on the front cover because I didn't write it, but I was contracted by AA Publishing to field check and update a walking guidebook in the Peak District that's called Fifty Walks in the Peak District, oh. and my name is in that book as the late one of the latest people that's updated it so oh. so I am in another book but it's just not my I'm not author the author of it no but um so you are very much in that um 
in that game, as it were, if that's you know an okay thing to call it, you know, in the the walking because walking is just certainly, I mean, it was getting more and more popular anyway. I think unless it's just I'm now at the age where I'm doing walks, so I'm more in in that sphere. But it seems to me more popular than it, and lockdown has really made it popular. Yeah, lockdown has done that massively. Yeah, it really has. I I was working for a conservation charity until um, December 21, and they created some cycle routes, local cycle routes to go on the website, which were massively popular. But also um, part of what I was doing was promoting some of the existing walks on there. And again, they were really popular in lockdown. So, yeah, people were were exploring the local area and finding Mm. more. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so it's just something to think about, isn't it? It is. I don't know whether I'll do it or not. I mean, uh, uh, things have changed a lot since, well, 2016, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but before uh, we just get on to the changes, can I just ask you, are you are you a writer now then? I am, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and are you creative? I am creative. Yeah. I'm creative, yes. yes. Um in lots of different ways. I mean, I love gardening as well, and I, I never thought of gardening as creative, but it is. Um, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I, I do think I'm a creative now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're smiling as you're saying that because I think there's something quite um, empowering in owning that because it is something that's in us and it lights us up. So to actually be able to to say you know, head held high, yes, I'm creative. Um, I don't know, it feels like quite, because I, I now say that, and I would never, ever have said that when I was, well, up until, I don't know, last year, perhaps. Um, I was going to say when I was younger, but actually, you know, only uh, last year. And um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's our perception of what creative is. Mm-hmm. That, that that makes us feel we've got to be a certain way to be creative or the people have suggested to me that maybe some of us grew up with the idea that being creative was not okay so I think we all come from different um paths with our creativity but actually owning it when it means so much to us is quite a big deal isn't it yeah it is and I mean I always thought that creativity was artists and mu- musicians I, I never thought that writing was being creative or if if you were a creative writer you were more creating stories and fiction yeah um but um but no I think yeah it is nice to own it and and to know that I've got a little bit of creativity in me yeah it, yes. it is good I think you've got a lot of creativity in me <laughs> from from the little snippets that that you've let us see like let on to so far um because like a, a couple of weeks ago I spoke to Louisa and her message that she wanted people to say is that creativity is in everyone if we will let it be you know from the way we do our hair from the clothes we wear from the way we um uh the decor in our house to the way we garden to the way we cook you know it comes out in different ways um for you know for all of us um and gardening's obviously one for you as is your passion for the outdoors which I suppose um is what not a way that one would normally think of creativity but sometimes it, it depends on how you see it yeah I, that's an interesting one so 
so I'd say my passion for the outdoors and writing together yeah I think of as creative I don't necessarily think of my passion for the outdoors as being a, a creative exercise but then I guess I guess in some respects part of it could be so um for the best part of 20 years I climbed um rock climbing at, all over the UK and into Europe and every trip was a climbing every holiday was a climbing trip every weekend was away climbing that, that was all I did for um for so many years um and there is creativity in that I guess um because you you look at a a climb at a rock face and you have to work out how you're going to move your body to get it into a, up yeah. to the top basically yeah. um, and it works differently for everybody so um, I'm small I'm only five foot two and, and I've got a fairly short reach as well so for me I had to be far more creative than somebody who was a little bit taller and could simply reach a hold yeah um, and, and I know um my husband used to tell me that people at the climbing wall used to watch me climb because I was a small person that was doing different things to to get myself up quite difficult climbs um, and to be able to reach where I was going so I suppose there is a there's a creative process in your mind as you're doing that actually yeah yeah I've never really thought of as creativity but actually yeah I guess it is it's using your mind in a different way yeah and I think um so when you were talking then um that's the first time I've really sort of talked to anybody about creativity and sort of put creativity and problem solving together but of but they they kind of do don't they you have to be creative with your ways of solving and your problem was with your I had no idea you were five foot two because obviously I've never really met you I've not met you in real life you've only ever seen me sat down I've only ever seen you (laughs) yeah that's it um you, you know you had to you know your your problem to solve was how did you get up um a a rock face that maybe you know you'd seen other people doing before but you couldn't go the exact same route because your reach didn't allow you to do that and there is a creativity in that problem solving which actually brings the left and the right brain things together doesn't it because we I think this has come out quite a lot in these conversations actually lately about putting ourselves in boxes so you're either creative uh, you know or you're a problem solver or you're you know you're this or you're that but actually we're we're just complex human beings aren't we yeah. who actually have all sorts going on yeah absolutely and, and I'm quite a logical thinker mm. I, I'm quite a systematic logical thinker but actually that the times that I've enjoyed climbing the most have been when I've been in complete flow and, and nothing else matters. It's I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just looking at the next. I'm climbing as I'm talking yeah. to you. Aren't I? <laughs> yeah, it's not not so great for a podcast, but for everybody who's listening, Jackie is like working her way up the street with her hands. Like I need to go climbing again. I'm missing it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it is. You know, quite often I on a on a difficult climb that um, that somebody. I knew was finding hard to unlock they'd say Jackie can go up first because she she does it differently and she'll unlock some different sequence that nobody else does because they can just reach stuff normally so yeah it is quite interesting um I I was never a bold climber um and, and I much preferred to be um on the safer end of a rope 
seconding rather than leading but that gave me the ability to completely switch my mind off and feel safe so that I could yeah. be creative in how I was moving and and, I, and that's what I liked about it. it it's that connection with the rock and and with what you're doing and that complete switch off and and just that flow and and that's what I loved so much about it yeah so I've not I've well I've climbed a very short thing once so let's not let's say I'm not <laughs> I've not climbed um and I I love watching climbers actually because there's some sort of like there's it's almost like a bit poetry in motion really you know yeah. as you're finding your, your way up and um my oldest son was was really loving going to the local climbing wall and I was really hoping he'd stick with climbing but he's not done so um you know that's obviously that's fine if he doesn't want to stick with it but um there is something really poetic about it and I would have loved to have got into it at, at, at one stage but you know hey ho um but it's really interesting there that you that you say that you know you preferred to 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 be the the, the second one because yeah. that allowed you to be creative because you felt safe you wouldn't yeah. have felt you wouldn't have felt quite so safe if you were the one leading and you know um there is a there is another that there's a this is a whole other element i not i didn't really expect to go here but safety is really important safety I grew up in a house that I didn't feel safe in. So safety yeah. is really, really important to me. And that's, and I think it's something that we underestimate. Yeah. And that we could perhaps, you know, if you felt you, you, in order to climb, you had to lead and then you didn't feel safe. So you didn't do it. What a shame that would have been that you didn't actually work out how to do something you really loved, but in a way that you felt safe doing it. Yeah. Exactly. And and I did lead sometimes. I, you know, I did I did both and 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 I um I did a lot of um sort of fall practice. So I'd I'd be leading on a particular part of the wall and I'd just jump off and and hope the rope well hope my husband caught me, basically. Yes. <laughs> um so I'd do things like that, but actually that wasn't my favorite way to climb. Yeah. Um and some people that's that is their favorite way, yes. but for me it it was I did it because I loved the movement so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I loved unlocking these puzzles and, and working out where to go. And I loved the environment of being outside doing it. And um, yeah, th there was a whole load of other stuff that went with it that I didn't need the, uh, the extra adrenaline of leading to be yeah. able to get the same thing from it as well. Yeah. And so, perhaps that extra adrenaline that you needed to do that would actually have not meant you were in flow quite so much and being able to enjoy the whole experience and yeah actually you've just reminded me that's what I was going to say earlier and then sort of um lost my thread that it sort of ticks quite a lot of boxes doesn't it because you're outside in nature you're actually touching you, you're actually touching you're yeah. you're at one with the rock yeah and, you know you're moving your body and you are doing something that you have to be my hands are going though yeah. really really <laughs> absorbed in yeah that you can't really think about anything else so you can really switch off from anything else that's perhaps bothering you because in that moment you have to be on it you have to be in the moment you do with, with where you are where your feet are where your hands are where you're going next um it, it so I can actually I can I, actually, I can almost tangibly feel that the, the 
the why climbing people love climbing um yeah. and you know it was you're... a weird thing because I um I, I remember I remember starting I remember the very first day I went my my brother-in-law at the time was a climber and and I used to go, oh, you're crazy. I don't know why. I don't know why you do it. And I went, oh, it's a very, very long story. But a whole set of circumstances meant that I was away on a weekend with a group of climbers. And I was the only non-climber. And I ended up going to the climbing wall with them. And I was, I said, oh, I'll just come and watch. You know, I was really loving being around them. And I said, oh, I'll just come and watch. I'll just come and watch. And eventually, that while we're there, they said, just time to rope and see what you think. I said, no, I'm scared of heights. It's fine. I don't want to do it. It's it's fine. I'll just watch. And eventually they persuaded me. And literally from that very first climb, I went, this is my thing. Oh. I, I just loved it that much. And I you couldn't, yeah, I, I just wanted to do it more and more. Um, and, and that was, yeah, that was just how I got going with it. And eventually I, I met my husband through it so he, oh, okay. he was climbing with a different group of people to me and this these two groups used to come together every so often and we met through that and luckily we both loved climbing as much as each other so that was how we spent the next 20 years of our lives so. yeah and do you still climb no um for a for a lot of reasons, I say no. I, I've bought a new harness actually just before Christmas, so I'm hoping to climb again. Yes, I couldn't get into my harness. Lockdown meant I couldn't get into my old harness. Yeah, it's probably um, shrunk. Yeah, it did. It shrank. Yeah. Um, but I started getting tendon injuries in my fingers oh. um, from climbing very sort of minute technical things, and and every time I got injured, I had to stop climbing or go to my easier grades and then I'd build myself back up and as soon as I got strong again I'd have another injury and it, I think I had maybe three or four in a row and it just became to the point where I couldn't climb at the same level that I wanted to climb and it, and it wasn't giving me that same all those things that I said to you about the movement and the technical unlocking of problems and things I wasn't getting that with the easier climbs it was literally just a move of easy yeah. stuff um so that was one reason why I stopped um, another reason was just a whole set of circumstances that was making it harder for us to go regularly enough to stay climbing fit. Um, and I think the, the two of those things together and probably there was another one that it was around about the time that I left my full time job and that that had all happened in a wave of massive anxiety. Yeah. Um, and it was exactly like you said, that when you climb, you have to almost take you don't have to but when you when you're in flow you're not thinking about anything else out of work out of climbing and what I was finding was that there was so much going on in my life that my head never emptied and then it was really hard to be able to climb yes because it was actually a stress it was became a stressor rather than a, yeah. a release of the stress so there was a whole melting pot of loads of stuff that came together that just made me go I think I'm going to do something else for a bit yeah life happens doesn't it and um yeah I think it's really great to be able to say okay this is not working like it used to, or, or it's, I'm not getting out of it what I used to do so maybe yeah. I'll do something else for a while and see if I you know and can come back to it yeah and even if I do need a bigger harness I'll come yeah. back to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and you know it's good I mean it was it was actually quite funny we went back it was outside we decided to go outside um, on the rock because that was always where we preferred to be yeah um 
So, so I'm there, new harness, walking up to the crag. We did one climb and then my husband was walking around and his, his shoe had fallen to pieces as he walked around. And because we'd not climbed for so long, there was something in the back of the shoe that had disintegrated. Oh. <laughs> so we did oh. one climb and then had to come away, so... Oh, so you are keen. So you are going to get back into it. You, yeah, yeah, we'll do when the when the weather gets a bit nicer again. We'll we'll go outside again, and and yeah, definitely we're going to get back into yeah. it. Yeah, and you're always out hiking and things, aren't you? Yeah, um, and yeah. I've seen some of the some of your um, posts on Instagram, like towards the end of last year, I think. You know, we're about oh, you know, here we are, and we're out having lunch, and you, you know, you'll. <laughs> But, but there's something there's something you know I know I keep harping on about this but there's something creative in that because you're not just putting your boots on and and going for a walk you know you're setting a scene and you're you're yeah. you know you're almost having a story in the day you know when you're 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 taking your campfire and you're having a, a yeah. run. I don't know there's just something quite um what's the word I want to say magical but I'm not there's, there's just something really lyrical about um the way that you that you do your outdoors I think yeah I think yeah yeah you may be right so I'm a massive believer in being able to have adventure anywhere um so I love I love big adventures um we went bikepacking in the Outer Hebrides and wild camped in the Outer Hebrides for two weeks and left the car on the mainland and just without anything planned just went off and did it and that was in 2018 I think so anything like that I love but you don't need to do anything that big to have adventure it's about having a mindset of adventure um and by tweaking what it is you do in your everyday life you can have that adventure mindset still so you're talking about um going out for a walk and we we um we got hammocks we both got hammocks for Christmas so that we can go and do a wild camp in the woods and um overnight again when the weather gets warmer um but we decided to test them out just around Christmas time and took one of the hammocks into the woods with a camping stove and decided to have lunch out in the woods test the hammock lie in the hammock have a sleep um and it was just really relaxing and that's that's how I um switch my brain off Mm. by doing things like that um and, and it's been really difficult. I'll, I'll be honest, it's been very difficult to do that in the last couple of years for a lot of reasons. The pandemic is a massive reason, yeah. but also I've lost both my parents in the last two years as well. So there's all of the stuff that's gone on with that and yeah. and still all of the stuff of sorting the house out. Um, so we've been very limited with how much adventure we can put into our lives for a lot of different reasons. So any little snippet that we can find that actually changes the norm I guess of sitting in front of the telly in front of the fire is really it's great for me because it helps me reconnect my brain to the outdoors again and and that's that's always been my kind of balance I suppose in life the outdoors gives me the balance yeah um I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your both, I, knew, I knew you'd lost one and I think I think I knew that you'd lost them both but now you've said that I'm, I'm sorry about to hear that yeah and um I think I think what you said I, it's funny because I you know a, a lot a lot of what you say really resonates with me and actually I I one of the things I've learned over the last five years since my breakdown and therapy and 
finding out who I really am is that actually I really like adventure. Yeah. But for me, um, for me, it's about finding, I always talk about finding the joy in the mundane. So in the mundanity of everyday life, how can you bring just a little bit of something different, a little bit of something new, a little bit of something exciting. So it doesn't have to be exactly what you said. It doesn't have to be anything massive. And, um, you know, I've just had my I, my cataracts done. And for the first week, I didn't go out at all because I, I didn't trust my vision, my new vision, because it's not perfect. But then on the Saturday, um, so I'd had it done a week, I said to my husband, I said, can we just go somewhere? Just go and do something that we don't normally do and just go on a little bit of an adventure. And I think he thinks I'm a bit, well, I know he thinks I'm a bit <laughs> mad. I mean, lots of people think I'm a bit mad. But actually, we went somewhere that we... We, you know, we just went um, to Portishead, which is just down the road, which is not, you know, we go there a lot. We, but we normally walk along the coastal path with the dog down there, but we didn't have the dog. The dog was having a holiday because I couldn't walk him. So we went somewhere different and we walked around the nature reserve there. And then we just kept on going. And then we came to this, we got, oh, we didn't get a coffee in the coffee shop and we should have done. And then we walked around the corner and there was a lay-by and there was this guy selling coffee out the back of his trailer on the back of his motorbike. And it was a really great coffee. And then we carried on and we ended up somewhere else. And that was like, it was just really nice to go somewhere different. I mean, we were yeah. never, we always knew where we were because you could see all the landmarks. So we, you know, we weren't like on a massive adventure, but it was really nice going somewhere different and just getting a different perspective on something that we kind of really knew. But it really, it really restored me and made me feel just a little bit that I'd done something a bit different. And yes, I like big adventures, um, but but actually I really value those little things that you can sort of build in each, you know, every week or, or a month or just doing, you know, I don't know, like I, my husband will always walk the dog in the same place, whereas I'll walk him always try and do something different. That's just in my nature. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if we can build that into our everyday life. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I yeah. think, I think that's the big thing that, mm. um, that there's so much when it comes to adventure that um, it, it's thought that you have to plan something and and go around the world or whatever and I've done some amazing things you know over the over the years or in all places in the world but actually some of the most fun things have been these little tweaks that I've done to my day and and it can be as simple as um getting up before sunrise and taking a flask mug of tea out and sitting watching the sunrise Mm. with a cup of tea and some breakfast or something before you start work and then going to work you know what an amazing way to start the day yeah and this time of year is perfect for it Mm. so um you know you you don't have to get up quite so early at the moment to do that (laughs) yeah you go to june and you've got to get up at three o'clock to do it (laughs) so put your coat on and do it in uh well it's what's second of february today that we're recording so yeah get up and put your coat on but you don't have to get up quite so early exactly yeah i think it's brilliant Um, and and i believe in that kind of thing so much that my outdoor blog which i've still got um i've not written on it for a few months now because of this whole other thing that's been going on in my life but actually my outdoor blog has got a particular post on that's got 20 things to do in winter close to home adventures in winter and it's got ideas of things like this so go out at night and go and look at the stars 
or um, go sleep on top of a hill or go watch a sunrise or go and swim in a river in January or, you know, all kinds oh, of stuff like that. Yeah, maybe not quite that Well, long. no, I started getting into um, uh, wild swimming last year and then, oh, I, I did my neck in. It wasn't the swim's oh. fault. It was as a result of a lot, but I did my neck in swimming just before I was supposed to be running the 10k and oh I haven't anyway so I crawled my way around the 10k and that was fine and my neck is fine but I sort of missed the opportunity to keep going so I stopped um but I I'm really hoping to get back into it next year so maybe next January I will be well swimming but um yes, not, no. not this January I've got friends who um who do the 30 days of cold water swimming to raise money for crisis for homelessness oh right um so they do 30 days in january and um you know i mean it's amazing they're out there in whatever the weather you know getting a dip in yeah this year there's been a lot more um dipping in a wheelie bin or or finding really crazy places to go and submerge your body to actually do the cold water experience and, and again that's the that's the finding the adventure in it yes so as if cold water swimming in january isn't enough of an, of an adventure no that's right get yourself a wheelie bin or a barrel i follow a lady on instagram and she she's got a barrel and um yeah it's, yeah yeah i'm not sure i'm that dedicated to want to uh i don't know it's have you got lots of i suppose you've got rivers haven't you where you are and um, we have but we haven't got good swimming rivers actually so where i grew up was amazing i I grew up in a little village in the yorkshire dales and that had two which one which one so i knew you had a connection to malham but um, i go to grassington nearly every year and i just love the well near grassington anyway i love the yorkshire dales and as a lancastrian you know, I know how could you say that I, well I do I know, so much though we've been so much that my oldest son wants to move to the Yorkshire Dales oh wow I know <laughs> I know and as a Lancastrian I feel like I shouldn't really be admitting that but anyway sorry yeah the Yorkshire Dales are lovely yes yeah so so growing up I mean that was my summers I used to spend summers swimming in the pools in the rivers there yeah. and I miss not having that on my doorstep um we the streams that we've got near us are, are much smaller so there aren't that they're not good swimming pools for right. them you have to drive a little bit basically to find them okay. um so I, yeah probably could I mean I've got a friend who lives locally who who does find them um but I'm kind of thinking I've got this swimming pool that I used to go to as a child and I was like I want one like that exactly, out of my door. <laughs> exactly. and if it's not going to look like that it's no good <laughs> no yeah so yeah I mean here we're yes we're we're near the Bristol the seven estuary the bristol channel it's all a bit murky but um it is possible but it's not the same it's not no, it's, it's not the same there's some beautiful clear um yeah either the sea or some beautiful clear river somewhere but you know hey-ho. so yeah you're so you, we, we got on subject to this because you were talking about your blog of 20 20 things to do in the winter or yeah yes? yeah yeah and you still are you going to go back to your blog do you think yeah i will do um so um I guess really with everything that's been going on I've not been as adventurous um I've not done as much outdoor stuff as I would do normally so I've kind of been a bit writer's block with it really and I kind of thought I don't really know what I want to write about at the moment so I I took the pressure off myself and I didn't um and I'm growing my business at the moment as well 
So it's other stuff to do. So yeah, my head's kind of full of house clearance, growing my business, day-to-day life. And, and it was just kind of like, right, that's getting parked for now. Yeah. It's one of those things where um when was it? In 2020, well, lockdown in 2020, June. I'd not written again for a while because of some stuff that had been going on. Um, and I nearly just thought, I'm just going to close this blog down. I'm not having it anymore. And I looked at the analytics as I was going in to close it. And I thought, people are still reading this. There's been nothing on here and people are reading it. Um, so I, I read, I completely redid it. I rebuilt it on a new platform and transferred all the blog posts in. Um, and then started writing on it again. And then obviously um i'd stopped the first time when mum died and then i stopped the second time when dad died so um i think you know it's just what happens um but yeah i will go back to it it's still there and and when i'm ready to write again on it i will do and and yeah hopefully have some more creative ideas about things that you can do to bring adventure into your life yeah well i love that because i i I definitely think we can overcomplicate it and make it feel yeah. Like it's bigger than it needs to be. And um, yeah, and I I I I've heard I think I've read a post that you did about your blog and about how actually people were still finding it. And that just goes to show how, you know, because you were still ranking because of all your brilliant SEO work. So yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I mean I couldn't believe it. And and yeah. you know, the the one where it's bike packing in the Outer Hebrides. I mean, like I say, we did that in 2018, and that's still ranking one of the highest posts every month. And I'm not promoting it. I'm not doing anything on it. It's just getting found. Um, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. It's obviously a good post, <laughs> and it's giving. Sorry. Of visit Scotland on it. Yeah. Which I was pretty chuffed about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's it called? In case anybody wants to go and look. Um. It's outdoor-girl.com. Out. I'm just writing this down so I can put a link. Outdoor. Outdoor. Girl, oh hyphen girl.com dot com and, so, and it's actually there is a there's a story behind the outdoor girl part actually which well, go on, then. I, i'm clearly not a girl i'm oh, clearly exactly. clearly a few years older than that now um but it it harks back to a previous job um probably when i was in my 30s and because i was outdoor outdoors all the time every weekend and I'd, I'd be climbing so I'd be coming into work with my hands all scuffed and rashes on them from the rock and everything um or I'd be camping all weekend or something and and that was just what I got called as a nickname at work outdoor girl outdoor girl yeah. so it, I just kind of adopted it for my blog I like that I think it's brilliant and um I think the best names sort of find you don't they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so gosh, we've gone all over the place, which is brilliant. I, I, I love, I love chat about this that wind, <laughs> that wind all over the place. And, um, you know, it's really clear to me what you get from it. Um, mm. But the one thing that I am asking people and I, we've kind of touched on it, but I don't know whether there's anything when I ask you this question, you're going to feel that you want to add to it is that all these things we've talked about. And obviously we've talked about gardening as well, that you like gardening, um, so all these things that you do that are creative and that are things that can get you in the flow, can get you uh, out of your head, essentially. Yeah. Um, how do they help you 
to connect to you know the the inner you the whatever you want to call it you know I don't know some people call it soul spirit you know the inner the 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 the, the very heart of of Jackie it's a really good question um so when I'm in the mountains when I'm up high in the mountains and surrounded by them I get a real sense of perspective in my life and a real sense of who I am and balance in my life as well so everything kind of feels okay in that moment that I'm just out there in the mountains surrounded by them and looking out across it or looking down and seeing small villages in the in the distance um and it it kind of gives me my place in the world I guess um it, it makes me realize that all this drama that I have going on in my life is only such a small part of this big place that we live on called earth yeah um, and that's what it does to me it, it it resets me it balances me and it just gives me a sense of of who I am so when I'm not in the mountains I lose that um I, I once said if I ever struggled sleeping I once said that the best thing that I could possibly do is take a tent and go and sleep in a tent because actually <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> that's not my idea of how to sleep, but that is brilliant. I I, I love it. And yeah, well, that's that's how I, I. I don't know. I don't know if there's something about um, connection with the ground, yeah. or if it's um, you're in the natural rhythm of light and dark. Yeah, so it could even be that, yeah. um, and and possibly just having to make do with things so if somebody offered me a five-star hotel or a tent I would go for the tent any day I, I, honestly I would and it, it's people probably think I'm strange saying that but I would just go for the tent because there's something so I don't know incredible about that um and I did actually I, I had a problem maybe about 2016 I had a, a really bad mountain bike accident where I, I came off my bike and landed on my face um I had I ended up in hospital with something like 16 stitches in my face Ooh. um but I got concussion after that so probably about 10 days I, I I was sort of smashed up completely and all all over my body and I, I couldn't move off the sofa for a little bit and I I kind of lost my spirit of who I was yeah um but then I started to get vertigo once I started moving around I start I couldn't walk straight and I was kind of feeling drunk and they took me back into hospital for a CT scan and everything was okay but I think I had residual concussion effects because yeah. suddenly this thing that was my solace had bitten me and it had I just felt this disconnect with who I was I didn't want to do anything in the outdoors I didn't want to I didn't want to get on my bike I didn't want to camp I didn't want to do anything I didn't even particularly want to go walking. And I, I just thought, who am I if I'm not this outdoor person? Because that was the very essence of who I was. I was a climber, a mountain biker, a camper. Um, I'd been wild camping on my own in the moors, on the moors. And, you know, that was who I was. And suddenly I was this person who didn't want to go and do any of that. Um, and there were a couple of things that happened. I, I was 
on a walk with my husband and got smashed in the face as he walked past the branch and I went absolutely crazy about that because it was something hitting me in the face again yeah um and then another thing that we did was we tried to go van camping to um somewhere that we knew just an overnight sleeping in the van to to integrate me back into the outdoors and I was on edge so much all of that time that my husband was saying do you want to go back do you want to go home do you want to go home for the night um and I didn't but I was just not connecting with the outdoors in the same way and I thought I've lost this I don't know what I'm going to do and it was actually and we went to a, a mountain biking festival where we had to camp and it was that particular weekend that brought everything back to me and it was that whole process of having to make do so there weren't any um any real facilities so I was boiling water in in the tent to have a wash and washing my hair in in boiled water um and bizarrely that whole process just started to to get me back into it so it's that connection again yeah do you think it sort of <coughs> reignited that the, the the bit of you that remembered how much you enjoyed it I don't know whether it was, it wasn't so much I love this, it was more, um, this is just who I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is where I'm meant to be. Mm. Excuse me, my voice is starting. Yeah, no, no, don't worry. Uh, yeah, this is, this is who I am and this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was more that, it was just, yeah, this is who I am. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting a real, I, I, I often sort of like have these words that pop into my head and I'm, I'm sort of hearing what's coming into my head is freedom and that being outside gives you that sense of freedom and space and not being hemmed in by walls and roof and just allowing you, I don't know, room to breathe maybe. Yeah, it absolutely is. Freedom is a massive one for me. Um, mm. It's actually one of my values is freedom. Oh. Well, I wonder exactly. why that's why that word came into my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So how wonderful. I mean, God, that accident and the time afterwards sounds dreadful. Um, it, it took about, I think it was about four months after the accident until that happened. So I, I, I lost myself completely for about four months. Yeah. But how, um, mar how marvellous that you found you again. I know, but and I think it was probably not long after that that I started to rethink how I was going to make my money. So I, I, that was probably when I started to move away writing from the outdoors, and I now write for um, businesses to help businesses to communicate who they are, rather than writing, rather than trying to write for people reading magazines or um, things like that. So it, it changed how I used the outdoors because I, I was I'd also been thinking that um work was encroaching too much on that freedom like you say that that whole sense of space and freedom that I was getting from the outdoors before I tried to integrate it with work yeah um so I was, I was already starting to get that feeling that maybe this isn't actually the way I want to go because I've not got that that space and that freedom anymore Yes. Um, and I think having the accident as well, where I suddenly thought, this isn't who am I? I'm not an outdoor person anymore. How can I write about the outdoors? And I started to look at other ways to to do what I did. 
yeah yeah it's quite it's quite an interesting process that happened it, it is and it's funny how things that happen to us sort of send us off down like different different paths and what can in the moment seem like something really awful or something hasn't gone our way or something some obstacles being put in our place or you know all these things can happen but they send us off on a different path that yeah. but actually in time it might seem like a you know a, a, not a great thing at the time but can turn into to actually be something that's really meaningful to us so um yeah well it actually ended up being a, a great thing because um I'd been missing working so closely with businesses and, and some of my clients had been um small businesses linked to the outdoors but generally I was I was focusing on every time I went out I thought I had to think about a route to write up either for my blog or to sell to a magazine or or something like that and and it became just too much hard work to do that and think while I was out and and if I wasn't thinking about it I felt guilty because I wasn't thinking about it because really I needed to be going and getting some work um but at the same time I was really missing working strategically with businesses um and it's it's working perfectly now in a different way because I get to work strategically with businesses and if I want to work with an outdoor business I can do and I've got loads of experience to bring to that yeah um, but I get to work with so many more people and I get my free time out in the, in the outdoors as well. Yeah, so you get to use your writing ability with the small businesses and help them do what, what they want to do. And you get to go out and enjoy the outdoors and reconnect with, you, you know, you and who you are and where you want to be and do that on your own terms. And whether you blog again or not is completely up to you, but there's no pressure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, and that's, that's how it's worked and and it feels good for that because you know going on holiday and thinking oh god I need to be taking photographs and writing up route descriptions while I'm doing this too it's like well I'm on holiday why am I even thinking about that but actually if that's the time that I was going into the outdoors I had to think about it then yeah Um, yeah and you know that you know a lot of people say do what you you know if you do what you love as a, you can make money doing what you love, then you never work. And, you know, that was how that. I thought, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, if you can work with your passion, that's great. But actually, that, it, and it is great and it works for some people. But as, you know, you said, you need something that's not work and your, your passion is the outdoors. And actually, you didn't want to make that your work. But you, yeah. you found that out quite organically as it's gone along. <laughs> and, and actually, you've now, you're now making them both work. But, you know, you, yeah. you, you're writing and your um outdoor stuff a separate yeah which means you yeah. can sort of constant you know concentrate on either of them at the appropriate time and still get to enjoy it yeah and, and I do still sometimes I feel envious when I look at people who have managed to make those two things work together and think wow how have you managed to do that because I I never could I couldn't change that mentality but it's I think, just who I, I am. just think we're all different yeah we're just all different and yeah. you, you know who who knows whether they're actually really enjoying it and whether actually they're wishing that they they'd kept that as their passion. I mean, you just don't, we don't know because we don't have conversations like <laughs> this with people. So we can make assumptions about their living their best life, like working their passion is their work, but who knows? And maybe you just get another passion that takes you away from your work. Um, I don't know, but um, you know, I'm glad you found the way it works for you. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I am too, you know, it, it yeah, I, I get the best of both, I think, now. I, I get to to write and to do the thing that I really love 
and I also get to go in the outdoors and have the, the space and the freedom that I need and, and that works better for me yeah um but on my terms you know I, I'm self-employed so I can I can do that on my terms now I, I and and this is again it's the freedom thing I, I hate feeling constrained so being employed has always made me feel really constrained by somebody else's rules and somebody else's guidelines around that and yeah I feel much freer being doing this yeah I, I totally get <laughs> I totally get that because me, me too as well and I I suppose I never really thought about it as a possibility until un, until I just decided oh I can't do this anymore and I had to leave and then necessity sort of takes you down that route but I think you know both of us in our own way are connecting more to who we really are yeah and we're finding a a way of of doing that that helps other people and earns us money and still allows us space to to sort of have our time away from work as well I've still got to I've still got to do I mean I've still got to work that out a bit better but um yeah um yeah well I I mean I expected I still have to work that out better because I expected that being self-employed, I'd go for a walk at lunchtime and I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd have Friday afternoons off to go walk, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, it's not like that. I'm working. Yes, um, I know. And, and, even- and, I, and I squeeze it in like everybody else would, but I actually, um, I can go for a walk before work and not worry that I'm not back by half eight when I start work. Yeah, because your boss is not going to tell you off when you're late exactly yeah yeah so so it works for that reason but it's not quite the um yes I'm going to go and have coffee with a friend or I'm going to go and have a walk it's not like that it's hard work it is Um, and and maybe maybe we'll get there maybe one you know one day we'll get there when we've sort of sorted out a bit more about how we do want to work I feel like I'm starting to get there so um it comes I'm sure I think it does and it's it's been a a strange process over the last couple of years anyway so I'm kind of I'm okay about all of that it it's fine good Um, good good well thank you this has been I think that seems like a good uh, place to stop thank you I've really really enjoyed our chat so thank you um so much you're very welcome thank you for having me on your pleasure bye bye oh Jackie I love that chat. Thank you so much um, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed that. I loved the tangents we went off on. And I, you know, I love that we got a bit deep and I I just really enjoyed that chat. It's lovely to talk to a fellow northerner. And, um, you know, I love the Yorkshire Dales, um, which is where Jackie grew up. And it was, but it was just, a really easy um, meandering chat that we had that I hope you enjoyed because we covered quite a few things in there, quite a lot of things, and I really enjoyed it. And I hope you did too. Um, you know, I feel really lucky that I get to produce these podcast episodes talking to fabulous people. And, you know, I get to put it out into the world and people listen to it and enjoy it. And some even contact me and tell me that they've enjoyed it and that they've got something from it. And I I just feel really lucky. Um, And I'm really enjoying this. So thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for being here. And um, if you are enjoying what I'm doing here, you might be interested in signing up to my email 
newsletter so that um, you can get uh, early information about what I'm up to, courses I'm uh, running, and just, you know, just other stuff that I might be putting in there as a technical term stuff. Um, so if you would like to do that, there will be a link in the show notes. Uh, but if you can't find that or can't be bothered, if you go to my website, which is safeandsupported.co.uk, you can sign up there. The sign up form, among other places, is on the bottom of the homepage. So yeah, please do that. Um, that will be marvellous. And um, right, that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope you have a good week. Take very good care of yourself. And I'll be back here next week with another episode. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends. Please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website, www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.